Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you're you know, late in life in the 60s and this is kind of it, maybe that's what you try to do and you try to to be, to be, you know, a, a bump in the battlefield, so to speak, and, and, and do something there. I, I think you've got to have enough leadership that recognizes that you have to be able to do both and live to fight another day there. So that was Mike Lyons. We talked to him earlier in the show, and I asked the question, because I hear, I see all these news stories where they're interviewing people on the street, including the mayor of Kiev, who's a former heavyweight champion of the world, Klitschko. I forget, what there were brothers, weren't they? Yeah, Vitaly and Vladimir. I don't know which one this one this is. This is Vitaly, I believe. They probably both feel the same way. The mayor of Kiev said, you know, I was in the military years ago. I'm older now, but I'll get my gun and I'll fight for my country and my city. All these Ukrainians who are saying they're willing to personally go get their hunting rifle and fight the Russian army. And I asked Mike Lyons, is that a good idea? I mean, is that the smart slash patriotic thing to do? Or... Is it the old saying of live to fight again another day? I mean, there's no way you're going to accomplish anything. You're just going to die and, um, you know, live to fight another day. And uh, Lyons said, and I thought this was a pretty chilling answer. He said, that's a, that's a, that's a decision everybody's got to make. And if you're somebody like it's over 60, you're closer to the end of your life, you might want to go out there and, uh, and do your best. Holy crap. You talk about a tough decision to make. Wow. Yeah, talk about your your legacy and the message that sends to your countrymen and your children, your grandchildren and stuff like that. That's heavy stuff. I assume I'll never have to face that in my life. Thank God I was born in the United States of America, but that's a tough call. Do I want to be alive to be the patriarch of this family to negotiate best we can under maybe occupied Russian rule forever for, for my kids and everybody else? Or do I go out there and fight and die and... As Mike Lyon just said, there'd be a speed bump. Ooh, yeah, that, that, well, that, that, that's a decision that these, those people have to make today. Whatever decision you're making today, probably not that tough. Yeah, yeah, I, it could be argued that you know, if your kids are grown, they're uh, they're full on adults, they're running their own lives. That's the generation that needs to be protecting the young, et cetera, et cetera. And like Mike said, maybe you're sixty plus, you decide, yeah, I'm going to be a bump in the battlefield. I'm going to go out a patriot. That's you got to die of something. Yeah. Yeah, heavy stuff. Wow. God, I'd say. So the president of the United States made his standard, you know, old man rambling speech in which he announced some tough sanctions against uh, Russia and made it clear that there would be more to come. He used the expression, who in the Lord's name does Putin think he is? By crappy, by cracky, get off Ukraine's lawn. By cracky, dadgummit. Uh, Kamala said one of the dopiest things she's ever said to Europe as it witnesses war. Uh, I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So this American lady who repeats herself a lot is lecturing us that we're looking at a possible war, Ukraine we has, know. Ukraine has lost 14,000 people since 2014 in the ongoing war with Russia. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, we want to get some reactions to the speech and the Russian situation from various uh, senators and commentators and that sort of thing. Um, but as long as we played Kamala, let's do let's do something a little light first. This is Tucker Carlson, whose position on Ukraine and Russia I don't get at all. And I've tried hard to get it. But he's a very clever writer. He's excellent at snark. And he had some comments on Kamala. Clip 45, Michael. Listen, guys, you may be Europeans who live in Europe, but you don't fully understand the ramifications of war in Europe. That's your problem. The thing about Europe, you've had peace and security for more than 70 years. Kamala Harris just told the Europeans that. And that, by the way, is true if you don't count the breakup of Yugoslavia, which caused hundreds of thousands of deaths in the 1990s, or the Soviet occupation of half of the landmass, which amounted to the enslavement of hundreds of millions. But apart from that, Mrs. Lincoln, it's all been peace and security in Europe. That's that's a pretty good reference right there. The old joke. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Tom Cotton, senator, solid conservative, reacted to the speech. Michael, uh, let's hear clip number 50. I've been calling for months now for the kind of punishing sanctions that Joe Biden and Western leaders keep promising but never revealing, permanently canceling the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, not just shuffling some bureaucratic paper around its review, imposing sanctions on Russia's oil and gas sectors, its mineral and mining sectors, the critical industries in that country, um, clamping down on its financial in- industry and its access to the international banking systems. These are the kind of sanctions that are called for now, uh, not these quarter measures that were just announced or that Berlin announced earlier today about Nord Stream 2. You know, getting back to my argument earlier about uh, why would Americans die for Ukraine when it doesn't look like, you know, Europeans who are much closer to the fight are as interested. Germany delayed. They announced they're delaying the uh, Nord Stream pipeline project. Like you said yesterday, you know, what do you bet in six months, a year, whether or not that thing's up and running, regardless of what Russia does? I guarantee somebody within uh, Germany's leadership called Putin's people and said, hey, look, we got to announce this, but, uh, you know, keep keep working on it. So they're willing to let Russia invade a country that's next door for cheaper gas. Okay, well, I don't want any U.S. soldiers dying if that's the way you feel about it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Clip 54, Lindsey Graham. Joe Biden is not going toe-to-toe with Putin. Putin, He's getting run over by by Putin. And the Iranians are watching. uh, And the Chinese are watching. Putin. You know, it's funny. That reminds me yesterday. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, fairness is my hallmark, Jack, as you know. Um, Yesterday, I called Baxter, my dog, Bal. I got stuck between Buddy and Pal. Listen, Bal, you're going to end for a problem. Exactly. And your dog looked it. at you with its head cocked. What are you, Joe Biden? He said to me. <laughs> he said that he peed on my leg. <laughs> anyway, and Bal. told me it was raining. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to get to the Mike Pompeo stuff about uh, Ukraine, uh, but maybe we'll do that on the other side of the break. I mentioned I've mentioned this once, like at the very end of the show, and I just want to mention it one more time. Speaking of Baxter, my dog, uh, who's doing great. Uh, he's been treated for cancer, and he seems to be doing great. We'll have to see. Time will tell. But I- I'm telling you, especially pet owners and humans, electrochemotherapy is the new is a great new frontier in cancer treatment for super, certain types of uh, tumors. Are they doing it on humans? Or? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I've been reading some of the medical literature from around the world, and it's not super well established. Um, it's been around for a while, but it's really catching on. 
you inject the, the, the chemotherapy, the drugs, into the tumor or around it or whatever, and then you hit the area with pulses of electricity, which make the uh, the cell membranes open up and let stuff in. Normally, they don't let stuff in. Um, and that's so chemo, the, the drug kind of drives by and knocks on the door, maybe a little bit gets in to kill the tumor. Well, this makes it just sucks the medicine straight up and is incredibly effective. So, and it only works on certain types of cancer and tumors, obviously. But if your dog has a soft tissue sarcoma, which is a very, very, very common uh, group of cancers among dogs, uh, ask your vet about electrochemotherapy or find somebody who does it because it's really quite amazing. I'm for any advance in fighting cancer in case mine ever comes back. The problem is, because I ran into this myself, we're super slow to approve things in the United States for people and then have them be covered by insurance. Yeah. I had a particular thing that I was going to start in on um, that they've been doing in Europe for years, and there are plenty of studies that say it's a good idea, but we are extra, extra careful about that in the United States for better or worse, and I think it's for worse, and then so insurance didn't cover it in the United States. Our pet oncologist actually mentioned that a lot of the literature is from Europe at this point. Why is that? Why are we? It's it's the same reason that we destroy all the flavor in our meats and cheeses in the way that they don't in Europe. We're just like extra, extra, extra careful about things. Obsessed with safety, yeah. Oh, by the way, i got to be careful with this. Can I say this? A person familiar with the FDA drug approval process was emphasizing to me how incredibly political it is. Oh, really? And how big pharma, if you stand in their way at all, you're on the FDA board or whatever, um, and and you have a problem or you want to delay it or you don't like the drug or whatever, you will have two senators call you this afternoon, two United States senators. If you're a, uh, a biotech startup, you're a smaller firm, you don't have lobbyists and zillions of dollars and stuff like that, you will shut up. You will get in line, and you will wait years and years and years, and you will be lucky if you get a single email or phone call returned ever. It's just the way it is. That's disappointing. Yeah, it's about power, power and money. That's what D.C. is. It's part of why we couldn't get tests when we were supposed to get tests. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. I just got my tests yesterday. Have you gotten yours yet? I didn't order them. Well, you don't, oh, you did? Oh, I did. Because it was right around when Judy had the vid, so I thought, what the hell, I might as well have them around. I assume we're done with this crap here real soon. But I had meant to, uh, in fact, you know, what I was going to do is say, I'm just so glad I got this, uh, I got our test for this new COVID thing. Apparently, it's a disease from China, I guess, and mm. and it's spreading really fast. Right. Now, now you're giving me COVID tests. I'm super excited about this contract tracing, contact tracing, too. It sounds very Well, effective. somebody got the money. How many billions of dollars were spent on all those tests that we no longer need? And uh, somebody got money out of that. I paid for my tests. I should have ordered them. I just don't think I'm going to have anything to do with them. But um, yeah, somebody paid for that. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy that you just now, two years into this thing, got tests sent to you from the federal government. That I'm sure were made in China. I didn't look. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. my God. I know. So those uh, tests can look forward to probably about a year in our like uh, spare medicine cabinet. And <laughs> right. then I'll look at them and think, what the hell do I even have these for? And I'll throw them in the garbage. Yeah, probably as, February next year. As a lot of people will. But the money was spent. That's the important thing, I assume.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors? This is a flagrant violation of international law and demands a firm response from the international community. Well, I would agree with that, but the whole appealing to who does he think he is? <laughs> exactly. What the hell does it matter? Can I just hear that first part again, that very first part? Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare? Who in the, who in the, who in the Lord's name does the, the Putin think he gives him gives the right? Him a, <laughs> I, don't, wow. I don't know. Yeah, well. So, uh, anyway, uh, Mike who Pompeo. The, all right. Mike Pompeo has <laughs> been making the rounds lately. Did you notice this, Jack? Mike Pompeo has lost a substantial amount of weight, and he looks like a friggin' movie star. Oh, yeah, he's lost a ton of weight. He talked about it on one of the shows a month or so ago about his diet. And Dude he, is you know really why he, handsome now. You know why he lost all that weight? Is he running for president? Because he's running for president. Yeah, and he looks like, you know, they famously say Warren G. Harding, he he looked like a president. That's why he got the nomination. Um, and, and Pompeo looks like a president, but he's been commenting on Putin and saying some interesting things, to say the least. Michael, uh, start with 70, and then we'll chat after that. Very shrewd. Very capable. I have enormous respect for him. I've been criticized for saying that. Uh, no, I have enormous respect for him. Uh, he was also an interlocutor that was uh, always well-informed, and deeply clear about what Russian interests were. I, I appreciated that. Uh, it required the same from us, from me, from my team. We had to be equally prepared and equally protective of the interests that matter to the United States. He is very savvy, very shrewd. So a question I have is there it seems to be a segment of the right. Uh, I guess it's the right. I don't know. But there's a, there's a segment of the Republican Party that... Um, doesn't criticize what Putin does and only praises how clever he is. And Trump's into that. Pompeo's into that. Tucker Carlson's a little into that. Candace Owens is into that. And I just, what is that strain? I mean, is that a non-interventionist strain or a... I, I, I don't know what to some is. extent it is. Um, uh, uh, now, so far, what we heard from Pompeo sounds like respect and knowing thine enemy only, for their opponent. Only if your if your if your comments include, and I think that tone of voice is weird, given what's going on right now. Only if your comments include, but he is a stone cold murderer. He's willing to bomb children's hospitals to get his way, and we need to understand what he is. If you want to include, he's very clever. He's he's a he's a very smart man. You need to, but that's not the way he came off at all, Pompeo. He was just, I respect him. He's an interlocutor that uh, has a great strategy. What? Why are you talking this way about one of the most evil men on the planet? Give me seventy-two, Michael. I consider him a. Uh elegantly sophisticated counterpart and one who is not reckless but has always done the math and we may disagree with his priorities we may disagree with his math we certainly disagree that the interests that he seeks are reasonable for his country in many cases uh, but we should never underestimate that he is he is doing this in a way where he's exhibiting his capacity to control and his deep desire that he is most important objective and i, I should have listed this first his most important objective is that he continues to run the deal. Uh, first and foremost, he is about power for himself, making sure that his place as the leader of Russia continues. 
You know, you're right. Some of the omissions are notable, but I'm not really bothered by what he said. I think that's a really weird, lighthearted take on our current moment. The uh, destroying of the world order by a murderous thug. And he's kind of a, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's looking out for his own country. He's a very wise, far thinking. I mean, it sure sounds like praise to me. Yeah, yeah, it is oddly close to that. The matters. It's weird, man. I think yeah. it's really weird anyway. And I, huh. and, I, and I don't know what the ideology is. That's my main question. What the ideology is on this. You know, and I'm reading a written version. I saw Tucker's screed about how uh, we've been trained to hate Putin and uh, we're all falling in line like lapdogs by doing it. And I'm, I'm looking at this thing in writing so I could go over it slowly and... It's just full of straw men and, and fake arguments and weird. We can only pay attention to one thing, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, inference that doesn't make any sense to me at all. I just don't know what's going on other than some people have an affection for Putin and a strong Russia or something. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe that will become apparent in weeks or months to come in the presidential election. I don't know. I don't know. Um, if you miss an hour of the show, you can always grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. It's always available for forever, for the future, forever. You can listen to these episodes 50 years from now. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How much vitriol? Do we have to see of Honk Honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler? Do we need to see by these protesters on social media? That is not real. What what is that again? That is a Canadian legislator, a congressperson in effect. So so an adult in a position of responsibility. (laughs) Right. Uh, Indicating that any time a trucker in the protest went Honk Honk, that was code for, as she so quaintly put it, Hail Hitler. Play it again, Michael. How much vitriol do we have to see of Honk Honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is an, an acronym an acronym? Honk Honk is an acronym? She's all kinds of confused. Or is dumb. She... She's all kinds of dumb. Did a moose kick her in the head or what? <laughs> she took what a is up with that to the mush. <laughs> I guess. Holy cow. Honk honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler. Hail Hitler isn't a thing. That's not an acronym. And then well, Hail does translate as hail, granted, but please. Please. It's an acronym. What? Honk honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler. Wow, I could compare her to some folks who have been elected Congress in the U.S. and realize this. We all have idiots, you know, get elected now and again. But, boy, that's a big old idiot right there. Boy, so you took the AOK sign from us, because that's white supremacy. And now you're taking a honk-honk. If the person in front of you doesn't realize the lights turn green, that's a Hail Hitler maneuver. One honk. All right. Three. Okay. Two. Hail Hitler. Which honk, is, honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler. Yes, it's an, an acronym. 
come on, Canada. You got that dopey little hair model as your prime minister. His no, Nobody even likes his party. He's a wuss, but he's trying to be a fascist. And you got that 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 moose dropping there with her the Hail Hitler. Honk honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler. Nobody oh, says Lord. Hail Hitler. I've never heard anybody in my whole life say Hail Hitler. It's weird. Wow. It's a weird thing to say. Check yourself, Canada. Um, I, the, the economy got so screwed up with all kinds of different things, right? Um, they turned off rent for, what was it, nine months, a year, and then businesses had to shut down and supply chain this and that and gave a bunch of people checks, so they decided to quit work because they were making more money from the government. So, so many non-free market interruptions happened. How long will it take for this all to work its way out of the system? It's like when you got air in your hose. How long will it take... For all the bubbles to get out, to spitting water before you get the solid flow of free market economy again. Well, given the fact that so much of what we spent was borrowed, the answer is a very, very long time. And it fits into home prices, too, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The latest numbers are out, and, uh, and rents, by the way, too. The latest numbers out, home prices rose almost 19% in 2021. Moving up. That's the biggest increase in 34 years. National figure, right? Yeah, that's the okay. national figure. Nationally, it's 19%. If you go to various regions, south and southeast, we're up about 25%. If you go to various towns, the leader was Phoenix, led the way for the 31st consecutive month. Uh, home prices were up uh, year to year, 32.5%. Yikes. Price of a home went up a third in a year. I mean, if you didn't buy it last year and you barely could afford it, there ain't no way you can afford to buy it this year. You know, the, not the even amount, close. The amount my house went up is a little scary. I, you know, I'm not doing anything. I got to live somewhere, so you know. But yeah, it's craziness. I look at it. I think this can't be real. The, the, the population didn't grow by fifty percent or thirty percent in the last year. How could my house, your house, any house, possibly be worth that much more? Well, right, and uh, I'm on the sidelines as a renter looking to buy at some point, thinking that this was a bubble. But if it's not a bubble and it's just going up. I should have bought last month or today and not wait. But like you said, it can't keep. Well, but of course, unless it a bubble bursts, if it just stops where it currently is, man, home prices are really, really high. Miami went up 27% in a year. Tampa went up 30% in a year. Um, 20 biggest cities saw increases in 2021. Prices that's, in that's all 20 of the biggest cities are at all-time highs. I was just going to say, so many people have flowed out of the big cities. I understand the pressure on, you know, far-flung places working remotely, suburbs, blah, blah, blah. You want to have room, home office, blah, blah, blah. But um, uh, hmm, that's interesting. It gets really complicated when you try to look at multiple markets sure. at once. Uh, it's just hard to draw any conclusions but because everything's up. Rent is really up. The rent, it's too damn high. Rent in Manhattan increased 25% this year compared to last. A two-bedroom has increased 27%. Um, it's that way all across the country. There's somebody paying 
$39.50. So call it $4,000 a month rent for their one bedroom in uh, in New York. Holy cow. $4,000 is a hefty house payment. Oh, man. Not rent for a one-bedroom apartment. The rent is too damn high. Yeah. Tell you what, I feel for the kids. I feel for the young people. I feel for working families. This, these are challenging times. I believe that children are the future. Hmm. I'd now, have to I'd, think about it. Well, like I said, though, but I don't. I don't know what's how things are going to shake out when we get all the air out of the hose. <laughs> how long that's going to take and things get back to normal? I have no idea. Yeah, and it, it, it might be bubble. It might just be markets going up and down, which markets tend to do. Oh, that reminds me. I meant to say this earlier. So uh, yesterday, I get home from work. Uh, I'm chilling out, and as I mentioned, my neighbors, uh, the my the lot next door, they're building on. And Joe's um, chilling at home. Let's all picture that like a villain. And uh, and I heard something that surprised me. First of all, I heard Rod Stewart's "Do You Think I'm Sexy." Which surprised me a little bit. <laughs> Not coming from your home? No, from the lot next door okay, where so they're coming, building. Coming through your home, through your windows, well, through your on walls. on my back patio? You heard Rod Stewart, do you think I'm sexy? <laughs> I don't know. I was outdoors at the time. Mm-hmm. I might have heard it had I been inside, but I'm outdoors. <laughs> and and so that caught my ear. Sugar. And then I, do, do, do. It's really a catchy tune. It is. And I did find Rod sexy at the time. <laughs> In a Strictly heterosexual way. Anyway, uh, where was I? Ah, yes. And then I heard something that I found truly disconcerting. People speaking English. Mm. They've been working on this house for months. And I believe, well, it's not the first time, but it's a rarity that I ever hear anybody speaking English. And given the fact that fewer men are getting college degrees and, and... uh, you know, the economy is challenging in a lot of ways, blah, blah, blah. Uh, how can it possibly be there aren't American men? And and these guys may well have been citizens or, or green card holders or stuff like that. Although I know people in, instru- in construction, and I know there are a hell of a lot of illegal uh, aliens in the construction. Sure. Business. How could it conceivably be that A, we can't enforce the laws and or B, there are no healthy young American men who want to get a great gig in construction, learn the arts, become a contractor, start their own company, maybe just build their own house or work on their house. for the, it's, a, it's a good gig. But no, no, there are no citizens who want to be construction workers. I don't buy it for a second. And it reminds me that in all the hours and days and months and years of econ classes I took and bought the old, you know, global trade, globalization is good for everybody because uh, goods flow and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, comparative advantage, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then now that I watch it, it uh, it's, it's obvious to me, oh, so much of the benefit accrues to the super rich and so much of the cost is borne by the working class. But we're talking about the difficulty of looking at uh, real estate as a national thing. When you look at it as a national phenomenon, globalization, global trade, the rest of it, yeah, on average, uh, everybody improves. Just like, you know, Bill Gates walked into a bar, on average, everybody's net worth is $5 billion. (laughs) So, Um, anyway. People, I I I can't figure out where I should be on this. I suppose if I'm a good kind-hearted christian who loves everyone i should just i should be just be happy this the the cynical more um well the more cynical side of me like rolls my eyes 
anybody can get a job now. I mean, people that never in the history of capitalism have been able to get a job because their skills are so low or mm. their abilities are so low can now get jobs. Yeah. And like you run into people at in, in, in fast food or various places. I mean, oh, my God, they're struggling with the, with the simplest of things. The yeah. application process is literally they hold a mirror up next to your mouth to see if it falls. I think the, I think the um, application process is a stethoscope. If they hear a heartbeat, <laughs> they go ahead right. and hire you. Right. Um, uh, I, I've just I've been amazed, and, and because I'm you know I'm raising kids, and so I've started thinking forward to when my kids need to go out in the workplace. Um, you know, I guess I'm more charitable now than I might have been years before because I, I look at some of these young people getting jobs and I think, man, you are incompetent. I mean, you yeah. just and I don't know if your brain doesn't work or you do drugs or I don't know what your situation is, but you just have very little to offer society. But here you are working now for the first yeah. time in your life, just struggling with the simplest of stuff at a restaurant or trying to take your credit card or whatever. Yeah, God, I, I cringe even thinking about that. I know, I know. Because, you know, God bless, some people are just not born with many gifts at all. No, no, they aren't. And um, I was at a fast food place last night. I, I won't tell you what it is, but I had a quarter pound worth of cheese, so that's a hint. <laughs> um, that's a good hint. <laughs> uh, and they had uh, signs everywhere. Sign on the little the clown mouth where you order the food. Sign at the window. Sign everywhere saying hiring right now. I think it was $18 an hour. Flexible uh, schedule. will help pay college tuition. Vacations. I mean, just really laying out the opportunities because they need to get people. And and the, 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 some of the people working there were like, wow. Yeah. 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 Judy and I walked into a golf store the other day. Same thing. Signs everywhere. Hiring. Now hiring. Part-time. Hiring. Full-time. Whatever. I said, hey, that'd be a great part-time gig for you. She said, Joe, I would literally never bring home a paycheck. Because she's every bit the enthusiastic golfer I was. (laughs) I am. And so I said, oh, yeah, never mind. Well, that's a reason to work at some of those places. I've known lots of people, women particularly, who worked at clothing stores and malls because you get the employee pricing. (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah, you work there at the golf store. You spend all your paycheck, but you're probably getting the employee 40% off. It's a, it's a win-win. And maybe you overspend your paycheck by 20% yeah, every single week. Do? What are you going to do? <laughs> what are the you The company store, that's how they get you. Favorite Rod Stewart song? Georgie. Georgie Boy. Oh. Killing of George. The Killing of Georgie. Yeah. That's off yes. the top of my head. If I thought about it longer, I'm not sure. But I love yeah. that song. Uh, you know, my all-time has got to be uh, Stay With Me, Faces. That uh, that's lead on. pretty awesome. Yeah, and and sometimes the most popular thing is the best thing. Maggie May is one of the great songs ever written, no doubt. Um, give me a, give me a second. It's a really long, slow Rod Stewart song. I used to play it all the time when I was a disc jockey. I'd play it at like eleven thirty at night when I knew nobody was listening. It's one of his story songs. I don't mm. think it's the Killing of Georgie. It's another every, one. every picture tells a story. Moby Dick, that's a story. It's not a. It's not probably not a song. I'll think of it. His uh, version, uh, Bonnie Raitt did uh, Have I Told You Lately That I Love You, didn't he? Or who, uh, Originally, who, yes. Is that right? Yeah, that's a great Pretty song, sure. too. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, we're out of time. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that wraps up our What's Your Favorite Rod Stewart song segment. Um, we'll finish strong. Coming up next. Armstrong and Getty.
This is Joe's favorite Rod Stewart song. Rod Stewart has not died. I feel like you tune in and think, well, clearly Rod Stewart has passed. He did have his stomach pumped at the hospital. I heard that story a long, long time oh, ago. Oh, jeez. You, know, you haven't heard that story? You should look it up. Google it. <laughs> oh, what? Stop it. Um, uh, what this, this is one of my favorite bands, Faces. Oh, oh, my God, were they good. I've long thought this is the greatest rock and roll song of all time. Stay with me from Faces. Um, In the conversation. Uh, I was only joking. That was the song I was thinking of. Oh, oh my God. That one, yeah. I can't even hardly listen to that song. I have to be in the right mood to even take it. Oof. It's uh, powerful. Powerful if you've never heard it. Um, we do a uh, another segment after the show is over, for some reason, called One More Thing. It's part of the podcast. You can check it out at armstrongandgetty.com. We do it under protest, as I am a man who craves leisure. <laughs> I stay at work as long as possible because this is my leisure until I get home when real life starts. I remember um, that. Uh, remember those days. But one of the things um, I'm going to talk about during the podcast today is I want to go more on that whole new information that our life does pass before our eyes when we die. They had a bunch of stuff hooked up to a brain of a guy who happened to die at the time. And they saw all the stuff that appears to be the same thing that happens when we dream and recall memory and all these different kind of things that were occurring. So we'll talk about that during the podcast. If you're interested in that, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com and it'll probably be ready. I don't know. When do you have it ready, Hanson? Later today. That is so bittersweet. Like you were saying about that Rod Stewart song. I don't know if I can take it. It's the very thought of it. Yeah, well, i got to have something to say during the podcast, so I won't comment on that anymore. Okay. Um, I'm really keeping my eye on the uh, Ukraine situation. I'm pretty fascinated by this story. I would say Jake Tapper on CNN is doing about as good a coverage as anybody. The big networks, I think ABC is uh, doing the best, but there's there's a lot of people out there taking this story pretty damn seriously. I hate to do anything that helps CNN. I really, really do. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is... Final thoughts manifest with Armstrong and Getty. I see you know your judo well. (laughs) That was just silly. (laughs) Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. All right, then let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michelangelo, has a final thought. Michael? Uh, Jack, yeah, you're 100% right. Everywhere I go, it's now hiring, and I had the same experience. Um, I won't name the place. I'll call it Waco Well, and it was just a terrible experience. Yeah, you know, I'm glad these people are getting a shot at uh, working, but uh, oof. Yeah, craziness. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, a final thought for us? You know, I thought it was great that I enjoyed the Tuesday thing yesterday, and then I tuned into one more thing, and I was called a simpleton, a dunderpate, uh, moron this morning, and I'm told I shouldn't vote. So <laughs> I will not enjoy anything anymore. 223, my soul has been crushed by Joe Getty. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Jack, a final thought for us? Dunderpate? Well, that's certainly out of line. <laughs> Hey, my son wants to get a job. We were talking the other day. I mean, he's only he's 11, actually. He turns 12 in a week and a half. But I think they're so desperate for hiring. I think they, if you claim you're 14 or 16 or whatever you got to be for the job, I think they'd say, uh, yeah, probably, and just go ahead and let you work. Your so voice might, is a little high and you're four feet tall, but yeah, why not? Might get a job. Yeah, I, I swept the parking lot uh, for five bucks semi-regularly when I was 11. Nothing wrong with that? I'm not sure you could do that. Well, we have liability right. concerns, son. 
So getting back to the uh, real estate, the uh, hot, hot, crazy real estate market thing we were just discussing uh, during the commercial break that uh, I'm pretty sure houses are selling so fast right now. Uh, everybody who comes to look at my house, I could punch her in the stomach. And I would still sell my house within two days. For above asking. Yeah, so everybody, people, the line of people coming through the home, you just punch every one of them in the stomach. Right. They right. hate it. Why'd you do that? Because I can. Oh, because oh, I can. It, How much are you going to bid? Yeah, it does have crown molding. That really hurt, but... <laughs> <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. My spleen. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you miss a chunk of the show, you can grab it by a podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty on demand or wherever you like to get podcasts. That'll work, too. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Get yourself a stupid shirt t-shirt. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. I'm strong and getty. I mean, listen, guys. Have you been a good little Nazi? Honk, honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler. What the hell are you talking about? Who in the Lord's name just gives them the right? I expected more. Their behavior has been nothing short of uh, thuggish. They're locking up my toothpaste. <laughs> so let's go out with a bang. What's a bunny persona? Can't exactly. help but notice you got 80 kids and poop uh, little tiny little pellets. Well, it's my uh, bunny persona. Okay. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.